With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to The Bridge with Mike Tuck. Filling in for Mark Daniels on The Bridge and on the beat of sports. And Mike Bianchi, that's me, the Bulldog. Our musical theme with Valentine's Day coming up tomorrow. What's the theme, KV? Some uh, incredible love songs throughout the history of music, Mike. Mm. Sounds like it could be an oldie. My lonely days are over. Love me and love the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin. Get down. Not quite. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think how I'll give a clue for this one. <laughs> it's a the, only, one. the only one that made sense in my mind. Let's see if he gets it. You, you ready? Yeah, go ahead. Ready, Mikey? Yeah. Um. <laughs> Ron Artest. Right. Ron Artest. What's his World name? Free. What's his like rebranded name? Meta. Meta. All right, we'll, we'll take that. Meta. We'll meta. Ta- we'll take that. Meta. Think about that word. Um, meta. How about this generation's goat in terms of basketball player, Mike? Could speak to this like, generation's going, goat. He's going first LeBron? last with you. Yeah. yeah. First last. Le- first LeBron last. LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have the meta, and then meta. The, and then. Le- Meta James? Meta James. Meta James. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you would have gotten it there. It's, it's Etta James. James. Let her off. There Etta we James. go, my Let her off. I was trying to lead you there. I was trying to lead you. That's a tricky one. That's a tricky one. Because I don't know how whole, whole lot about her. When, when did she sing? She was bad. Way back. Oh, yeah. That was, that was back then, Mike. Yeah. So Aretha wasn't a bad guess. No, it was just wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We didn't say it was a bad guess. Okay, made it sound like it. I was just saying, Etta James is a tough one to come up with, uh, unless right. you know a lot about her. Etta, Etta, yeah, Etta World Peace, yeah. <laughs> Meta was actually not bad, yeah. Um, all right. So since Daniels isn't here, we've commissioned you. We we do an Ask Mark segment. Mm. We, you know, we we talk during the show, and sometimes we don't know the answer to things. So we always ask Mark because he's much smarter than we are. Well, you're much smarter, at least smarter <laughs> than I am, all right? Well, I don't know about that. Yeah. So the Ask Mike question today is this. So we were talking about the Super Bowl ratings that came out. Right. You know, the biggest ratings in history. Uh, according to Nielsen, 123.4 million viewers across television and streaming platforms that shattered last year's mark of 115.1 million for the Chiefs game against the Eagles 7% increase it peaked uh, the Super Bowl 
On Sunday, peaked at 202.4 million viewers. That's a 10% jump over last year's peak of 183.6 million. So the story I'm reading is an AP story. And the lead says the longest Super Bowl game also will go down as the most watched program in television history. The Ask Mike question is this. Do they mean they mean American television history, right? Uh, they don't mean like yeah, I, there there are different ratings. Uh, I know. I would for, think the World Cup would have a larger. The World Cup final would have a larger worldwide audience. Than yes. The Super Bowl. Yes, that would be accurate. They yeah the rating like I know for music like there's different ratings like UK has their own rating system so there's there's some of that and I'm sure if we looked it up like the World Cup ratings you know you, you they probably have some way just to add it all together. Um, but I, but yes, you're, you are correct. It's not the same thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cause the American coverage of that would not be what the Super Bowl is. Okay. So we talked that speaking of the Super Bowl, we talked about this. In fact, you're the one who brought this to my attention yesterday. Like we I just, were, I'll, just, I'll just say this in a quick lookup. So we, we have a number here. Uh, the 2018 world cup final France and Croatia worldwide audience of 517 million. Okay. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Big number. I wonder what the Super Bowl's worldwide audience is. That's just the, I would assume that's just the American audience, the numbers I just. Yes. Really, and right? I believe it takes a little longer. I'm not, that's, that's Mark's more, you know, he loves the media stuff more than I yeah. do. But yeah. yeah, I think that takes a few more days to, to get that number in. Okay, so you brought this to my attention yesterday. We spent a lot of our show yesterday ripping Kyle Shanahan for taking the ball first during overtime. But then you brought it to our attention that there were some San Francisco players that didn't even know the 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 quote-unquote new overtime rules for the playoffs in the Super Bowl. And you brought that to our attention. Can you play... Can you play Mike Tuck two clips, KV? Play him the clip. Who's the clip of the 49ers player that we have? Kyle Yusuf. Yeah, play him that clip first. You know what? I didn't even realize that the the playoff rules were different in overtime, so I I assumed you just want the ball because you score a touchdown and win, but I guess that's not the case. Um, so I don't really – I don't totally know the strategy there. No. No, we haven't talked about it, no. So, no, we hadn't talked about it. Mm. I didn't even know what the rule was. All right, so there's that clip. So, Freddie Coleman, the ESPN personality, he came on the radio yesterday, and he said this about the 49ers players, quote-unquote, throwing their coach under the bus. Listen. There is no (laughs) way on God's green earth that I am diming out my coach if I'm Eric Armstead of the 49ers and Kyle Juszczyk of the 49ers. That's supposed to be family with this football team. That's supposed to be family in this locker room. All that stuff that had gone haywire, where your coaches always had your back as players for the San Francisco 49ers, and then you do your coach dirty like that? I don't care if you felt that way. There is no way you leave your coach hanging out the dry. What kind of nonsense is that? I know if I'm Kyle Shanahan... And I got an exit interview with those two. I was saying, yeah, we're going to be moving some furniture around here. Lock the, door, yeah. lock the door behind you. Eric Armstead, I don't care if you are six foot eight, 300. Me and you going to move some furniture around here. <laughs> so 
Should the 49ers players have not answered the question honestly? Because they were asked the question. I, what should they what should they have done? I, I found because their it, coach does look like a buffoon now. I, I have found this to be true the longer I've been around sports, and I, I wonder if you feel the same way. I think when there is finality in a season, whether it's the end of your season in the regular season, and that's when you're eliminated, or in the playoffs, or just the end of the season championship round is over, win or lose, there tends to be more honesty about things that transpired throughout the year. You tend to sort of let your guard down is what I find athletes do. And so I think that's what happened in the case of those two guys. It was just a a moment of, yeah, I didn't know, honesty, not thinking about, you know, not not the even bla- yeah, not even blaming uh, their coach, but just saying, yeah, I didn't know. And and Mark and I talked about it a little bit yesterday, and I think you would agree with this too. Is it it, it doesn't necessarily need to be what the Chiefs did. I I didn't make that argument, even though I agree with you that Shanahan made a mistake. I don't think you need a plan for that from training camp. I don't think you need to spend two weeks on right. the scenario. But yeah. I, the one guy needs to know is the coach. The players, Kyle Juszczyk doesn't necessarily need to know. Eric Armstead doesn't necessarily need to know the decision-making process for overtime in the regular season or postseason, for the record. But they probably, it is a poor reflection on the coach that they didn't know. That's undeniable. And here, I agree with you. Not everybody needs to know, all right? Not everybody needs to know, but you're right. The coach needs to know, and the coach needs to make the right damn decision and take the ball last. I mean, to me, that's a no-brainer, and the more I think about this, I mean, we we talked about this a lot yesterday. I think this is one of the biggest gaffes in Super Bowl history. I do. I mean, why? there's no logical reason why you would not take the ball last. There, none. Analytics is a bunch of hooey. There's no analytics that tell you that. No. What? I, I, that's what I didn't like, in, and we said that yesterday, is I didn't like that he was referencing analytics as a reason to take the ball first. Um, the idea that we'll get it first if we score and then they score, then we'll get it third and have a chance to win is foolhardy because, as we know, and even if we didn't know this, it would still hold to be true, the team that takes the ball second still has the opportunity to win the game. Unless the 49ers scored a touchdown and went for two and got it, then there is no promise they're getting the ball again. That is the only scenario in which they guarantee themselves the third uh, third possession in sudden death. So uh, there is no real good reason that you would give the ball or you would take the ball first with the overtime format as it now sits for the NFL playoffs. I I said this yesterday, and I I saw, and I think a lot of people have come to Shanahan's defense with sort of uh, rationale and reasoning, but nothing that he said. One said, you know, in in reference, hey, the Niners' defense was on the field for 23 of the last 31 plays. Uh, Okay, I don't think that's a reason why you would change your strategy for overtime. And by the way, he didn't say that. And also, by the way, there's like seven or eight minutes between the time regulation right. ends and they kick off again. I'm pretty yeah, they sure can, they've they, caught they have their time to rest a little bit. Right. By, you know, there's a yeah. long commercial break. There's the coin. To- they had plenty of time to catch their win and get back on the field. We're acting like, yeah, quick turnaround like it's a peewee game and they have to run back out on the field. <laughs> right. And plus, there's also this. Know who you're playing. You're not playing, you know, you're not playing Trent Dilfer when he was quarterbacking a Super Bowl team. You're playing Patrick freaking Mahomes. Right. Okay. Right. 
Yeah, and you just saw him, you know, in the last couple possessions be able to go down the field earlier in the game. If it was trending earlier in the game, and I still don't think it's a good reason, then maybe you could say, hey, we want to put the, you know, the pressure on them and put it on our defense, but that's not the way the game was trending at that point. So I agree with you. I don't know if it's the biggest gaffe or even one of the biggest gaffes in Super Bowl history, but I do think it's a mistake. All right, straight ahead, you being the Lakers fan that you are, I want to get your thoughts on the Magic retiring Shaq's jersey after he left for L.A. all those years ago. We'll get into that storyline. I think it's a complicated jersey retirement. We'll talk about that next on The Bridge. Back to the bridge with Mike Bianchi and Mike Tuck filling in for Mark Daniels. All right, so Shaq is having his jersey retired tonight by the Orlando Magic. Before we get into the discussion points, KV, do your Shaq impression for Mike Tuck real quick. Shaq, Shaq impression, Mike? Yeah. I don't think it's an impression. We actually have Shaq in the Shaq there, is right Sha- there. Oh, my gosh. Shaq. He barely fits through the door. So welcome back, fellas. No, no, no. You're back. I should be saying welcome back to you, Shaq. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Been a long morning, Mike Tuck. I've never met you before, brother, but it's good to see you. Good to see you, big man. What did you think of me back in the day? I loved it. Were I, you here in Orlando? Uh, I I got to Orlando the year after you left, but you know, fond memories. I mm. big fan of the decision to leave to go to L.A. Mm. Thank you for that. Oh, you're a Lakers fan. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. like this guy. Yeah. That other bold man, I don't like him. I don't like him too much. Yeah, because I was asking you the tough questions earlier, Shaq. <laughs> Listen, we answered them. About leaving still... the magic high and dry without any compensation whatsoever after only four years. I'll say it again. I don't like your tone. But I have one question for you. So y- y- your name is Mike? Yes, Mike. And this other brother, you- you're Mike Tuck? Yeah, yeah. I have a question for you, Mike Tuck. Yeah. Can you dig it? <laughs> All right, Shaq, get out of here. Well All done. Right, right. Well done. I think he does a good Shaq impression. He does. It's pretty good. I was listening on the way, and it was really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so Mike Tuck saying he's a big fan of when Shaq left Orlando for I'm L.A. I'm sorry. Obviously, I had to say a, that. Yeah, this is the same guy who ripped George Washington yesterday, <laughs> saying he didn't deserve didn't to be on the Mount him. Rushmore. I said huh? he, was, he was the least deserving <laughs> okay. of Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Our ratings are plummeting right now. He rips the father of our country and says, good for you, Shaq, for going to play for my favorite team in L.A. <laughs> so you you got to Orlando the year after Yeah, I got here Shaq in 97. Left. Yeah, 97. Okay. Um, I've called this the, the maybe the most complicated jersey retirement in sports history. And I, I, I'm trying to think, Mike Tuck, you're a sports historian of some some knowledge, all right? I'm trying to think. Usually when a player has his jersey retired, he either, you know, if he wasn't at the franchise for a long time, well, at least he helped him win a championship, like, you know, like Shaq with the Miami Heat or like LeBron is going to be with the Miami Heat. I don't think LeBron has had his jersey retired by the Heat yet, but he will. Um, Kevin Garnett had his jersey retired with the Boston Celtics. He wasn't there that long, all right? So usually... You either are with the franchise for the majority of your career and you were a great player for that franchise or you helped them win something in a short amount of time. This this is neither one of those. 
So I want to get your opinion on that. How complicated is this Jersey retirement? But before we do that, let's say goodbye to our listeners in Tallahassee at FM 96.5, The Spear. We want you to keep listening, and it's easy for you to do. All you have to do is find us on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for 96.9 The Game in Orlando. Otherwise, we'll catch you bright and early, 6 a.m. tomorrow morning for open mic. By the way, I'm going to be at the Shack Jersey Retirement Ceremony tonight, so we'll be talking about that tomorrow. Let's pause right now for station identification. The game. Okay, in your mind, Mike Tuck, is this a complicated Jersey retirement tonight? It's it's not complicated only in the sense that Shaq left here uh, on terms that made the franchise unhappy. So it, it's complicated in that manner. Um, it is unusual a little bit, but there is precedent because one of the is things. There- yeah, yeah, I, I obviously I had to do some homework on this, knowing that today was the day they were going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are two others that are similar. The most similar being Earl the Pearl Monroe. He okay. had his jersey retired for the Wizards or the Bullets, as it was, and the Knicks. He only had four years with the Wiz, or I keep saying Wizards. It was the Bullets, the Washington Bullets back then. Mm-hmm. Did not win an NBA championship. Got to the finals. Got swept by Milwaukee and, and Kareem and and uh, the Big O back then. But similar, right? Started his career there, only four years there, was an all-star there, was a great player there, but really the stardom came when he went to New York. That's what he's more known for. The other guy was the opposite. End of his career, Nate Thurmond spent the last three years of his career with the Cavaliers, and they elected to retire his jersey. That was even less you know, stellar at the end of his career, but they chose to retire his jersey anyway. So How did the Cavaliers retire Nate Thurman's jersey? I don't have a good reason for that. Obviously, they must have thought of him as a good ambassador for the franchise. Otherwise, you wouldn't have done that. Hall of Fame career, but not really known for his play in Cleveland. So those would be the two lengthwise. Was Cleveland the new franchise at the time? Um, No, Cleveland had been around at that point. Like 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 the the Rays, for instance, the Tampa Bay Rays, they retired Wade Boggs' jersey. Yes, and that was um, one of the more outrageous ones I have on my list. If you look at other sports, yeah, but like I think two years that in was his forties. Yeah, he was over the hill by then. But I think they did that because they were sort of a new franchise, and he sort of gave them a little bit of cachet yeah. because he was yeah. right. Yeah, no, they did. I mean, it, it's a weird thing to explain to somebody, um, and yeah. there are a number of like announcers, there are owners, there are coaches that have numbers and rafters that represent right. either their favorite numbers or the number of wins they got or, you know, some ra- there's a lot of random assortment of those uh, that we could talk about. But there are 14 guys in the NBA that have had their jersey retired for multiple teams. The, maybe the most unusual is actually Michael Jordan because the Heat retired his jersey. That's his second team. What? Yeah. Why did the Heat retire his jersey? Uh, because they Wanted to say he's the greatest player of all time. <laughs> so they re- I mean, the Magic could have done the same thing, I suppose. They could have said, we're going to hang up Kareem's jersey or Mike's jersey or you know any random NBA player's jersey. That's what Miami did. Also, we, 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 we discussed this earlier. I mean, there are some longtime Magic fans who are still bitter about the way Shaq left, the fact that the franchise didn't get any compensation. I think there are 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 more 
Magic fans. Your younger Magic fans. I think there are more Magic fans who never even realized that Shaq played in Orlando than are still bitter about Shaq. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I, there's no doubt. Uh, <laughs> in teaching at the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting, believe me, I come across teenagers and young 20-somethings that their knowledge of uh, history of sports is is limited in some capacity because they're young and haven't invested time into to learning about it. So, you know, for a lot of them, heck, they didn't even remember Shaq as a player, let alone as a Magic player. Yeah, and a, and a lot of and a lot of um, a lot of people in Orlando didn't actually grow up in Orlando. It's a very transient community. Of people are moving in and out of here all the time. So, yeah, I, I think for the newer Magic fan, they're like, "Hey, Shaq played here. Great, we're gonna retire his jersey." They don't know the the backstory of you know. Did the DeVos family lowball him? Did the Sentinel poll have said? They don't know all of that. They they just hear that Shaq played here, and of course they should retire Shaq's jersey. Yeah, no, I I think it's validated. I I personally do with the success he had. Like I said, there is some precedent for great players in the past. There are obviously guys that didn't win championships that have their jerseys retired. There are guys that spent a short amount of time that have their jerseys retired. So. He kind of fits the bill in, in a lot of ways, and, and as you get, you and Kelly were saying earlier, like, dude's larger than life. He's a personality. It's a good thing, you know. It's a goodwill thing to have, you know, somebody like him uh, represented in your rafters because he's obviously one of the great players in NBA history. So I, I think all in all, it's a very good decision for the Magic. It opens up the gate for other players. If you're going to have a first, as many have said, it makes a lot of sense that he would be your first jersey in the rafters. I wonder if the Magic in any way, in any way, decided to do this. You just said it, it's it's good goodwill, good mm-hmm. exposure to have the fact that you're connected to Shaq in some way in your rafters. I wonder if they're if if they're using this in any way as a quote unquote recruiting tool for future free agents. Hey, Shaq played here. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I don't. Think it would hurt, right? If if you brought right. a, a player in, and again, we're talking about kids nowadays that would not even remember maybe any of Shaq's career as a player. They know him more for being a TNT personality than anything at and this a point. DJ. And a DJ, yeah, and a DJ, right? They don't right. even remember Shazam or Kazam or whatever it was. Kazam, um, that's what it was. Whatever. <laughs> it's yeah. uh, so long ago. So yeah, I mean, it's not a bad idea. It's not like weird, like the Heat retire Michael Jordan's jersey, and certainly Shaq, uh, you know is one of the great players of all time with plenty of highlights here. And he did have success here as a player. And, you know, he did put the franchise on the map. He made them relevant to a national audience. Uh, Like how many people that I have met in my life when I say that I'm from Orlando will say I had an Orlando Magic starter jacket. And the reason they had one of those things back in the day was Shaquille O'Neal. And they wanted to have that magic look like that was Shaq. That was absolutely Shaq that made this team famous. And Little Little Penny. No doubt. I'm not dismissing that. I'm just saying Shaq was here first and and Penny followed and both those guys combined to help this franchise become a national brand early in its existence. Okay, I asked KV this question earlier. I want to ask you, the ultimate Lakers fan, this question. You know, Magic fans always play the what if. What if Shaq had stayed in Orlando? What, you know. How many championships would the Magic have? What if that had happened? What would Kobe have turned into the legendary figure he is today? Mm. Uh, Kobe would have been Kobe. 
Okay. Uh, in fact, it, would, not, would Kobe? Yeah, but Kobe's not Kobe without the five. I mean, it, Kobe with two championships or one or two championships isn't Kobe with five championships. So you're right. I I would also. Well, it's a totally alternate universe, right? Kobe yeah. still would be amongst the leading scorers in NBA history. Yeah. He, he still would be one of the all-time great players because he was driven to do that regardless of championships or not. I also would give Kobe enough credit to say he won two later in his career, and I don't think it's without possibility that he would have won earlier in his career with a different sidekick. Jerry West was one of the great general managers in NBA mm-hmm. history, and he would have found something else to get done to surround Kobe with a piece. Yeah, but pieces. if Shaq's, but if Shaq, the most dominant figure in the game, is not there, no matter who they brought in, maybe he doesn't win the championship. May again, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I would also suggest there's no guarantee the Magic would have won three straight championships. That I don't think you're saying that, but we don't know no. how the seasons would have unfolded at that stage. Um, and who would have won, right? Maybe the Spurs. Maybe Duncan wins more championships, you know, if Shaq stays in Orlando. But I, I do think Kobe becomes Kobe. It's a different version. Maybe it's not a five-time NBA champion. Maybe it's a three-time or a four-time. Uh, maybe he's on the all-time scoring list because instead of, you know, bowing down to Shaq in his you know late teens and early 20s, he's more, hey, I'm going to score 30 points a night early in his career. So... It's a different version of Kobe, but it's still Kobe. And you know, let, I'll, I'll say this too. And I'm not saying this as a Laker fan. Like yeah. they they have found a way for all of my lifetime of course, and beyond absolutely. my lifetime. So I they always find a player to steal from another. Exactly. No so question. they would have found somebody. No question. <laughs> they they bought many championships throughout their history, starting with starting with Wilt, Kareem, and on down the uh, they, they also drafted Magic and, and Worthy and and, Kobe, mm-hmm. and traded for Kobe on draft night. So they've done their they've done their own work. They have. They have. Uh you know what else makes this retirement complicated too? Mm. So TNT's broadcasting the game. Right. Tonight. I thought that um, was an unusual decision if you're going where you're going with it. So TNT's broadcasting the game. Who's going to be part of the broadcast crew? Stan Van Gundy. Right, <laughs> right. I know. I mean, and they've been around each other a little bit, obviously, now at Turner for a f- couple of years. But, yeah, it, it it on the outside, at least, it feels clunky. Yeah. I mean, Stan, who was unpopularly fired by the Magic, is going to be in the arena tonight. Stan, Stan wouldn't step foot in the Amway slash Kia Center for years after his... Uh, Firing right. by the magic. Well, and, and was... think about his exit from Miami is more what I was referencing. You're right yeah, about Orlando, and... but Shaq maybe has something to do with his exit from Miami as well. I mean, that's the that's the big rumor. Although everybody's always denied, anybody officially has always denied it. But the rumor was that Shaq shoved him out the door, right? Yeah, wasn't the the line something like panic? You know, that we had a coach that panicked. Yeah. Right before yeah, they went like to, that. before they went to Riley back then when Riley took over and then eventually Spolstra. So yeah, plus yeah. when Stan was coaching the Magic and Shaq, where was Shaq? Was he was he with the Heat then? When Stan was, um, well, he was uh, several places then. Cleveland, I mean, he was Phoenix, he was... Boston, Cleveland. Yeah, he, that's when he was bouncing. Anyway, around. Uh, Shaq used but to take was... shots at. Yeah, Shaq used to take shots at Dwight. Yes. You yes. Know, 
Well, it's just and a separate thing. Would de- yeah. yeah, and then Stan would defend Dwight and right. rip. Sh- he called Shaq a flopper one time, and then Shaq ripped Stan back. Yeah, they've had their issues in the past. Yeah. No it, question. Yeah, master of panic was the phrase that was used. <laughs> the master. Master of panic. I, it, <laughs> yeah, it'll be a nice Eddie. get-together tonight. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, then they're going to do it after the game. Dante Marcatelli actually explained why they're doing the retirement, Jersey retirement, after the game. And it's because, I guess, because it's a nationally televised TNT game, they're very strict with the time, and you can't mess with the time at halftime. Right. Now, so. I was on a, a cruise ship last week when the Lakers unveiled the Kobe statue, but they did that before the game. Right. They had a big, so I guess that would be the alternative is you do it well in advance of the game and have the big ceremony leading up to tip off. Why wouldn't you do that? I, maybe Dante knows. I don't know why yeah. they made the decision they did, but yeah. that, that's obviously different for what LA did. But yeah, that would be, I guess, yeah. your other choice. Yeah. All right. Straight ahead, we have some more NFL to talk about. We have more NBA to talk about and a college football story that sort of got lost during the Super Bowl shuffle. All that next on The Bridge. Mercy, mercy me. Welcome back to The Bridge. With the Bulldog Mike Bianchi and Mike Tuck. Kelly Velez playing the smooth sounds of, who's this? Mike. Mercy, mercy me. I don't know who this is. There is a Christian group called Mercy Me. I don't think it's them. This would be, um, matter of fact, Mike, um. You want to play the game? I was about to say. <laughs> Let's see, um. Wide receiver, mm-hmm. best known for his pairing with Peyton Manning. Okay. Oh, Marvin Gaye. Love me some Marvin Gaye. Mercy, mercy me. On point, baby. Well played. Yeah. Yeah. Could have gone Reggie Wayne. And then I would have said Little Wayne. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. <laughs> All right, Mike Tuck. Um, this story got lost in the Super Bowl shuffle. At least on my show it did. Okay. So Ch- Chip Kelly leaves mm. UCLA as the head coach to become the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. Um, UCLA just hired former player Deshaun Foster to take um, Chip Kelly's place as the head coach. And a lot of people are portraying this, and maybe rightfully so. I want to get your thoughts on this, but I I have my questions about this. A lot of people are portraying this like, oh, Chip Kelly is just fed up with the direction of college football, the transfer portal, NIL, all the the stuff you always hear about. And that's why he's leaving um, to be the offensive coordinator. Well, last I checked, Ohio State is still a college football program, right? Mm -hmm. So... He's still having, yeah, yes, he's not the head coach, but he's still having to deal with, I mean, I'm assuming. Maybe not. Since he's, <laughs> I'm assuming since he's an assistant coach, he's going to have at least some recruiting duties. But maybe or, not. Or no. 
I don't know, but I do uh, openly wonder, like, did he negotiate, hey, I ain't doing any of that. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to call the plays? Right, I'm just Is calling that... the plays. I, I, maybe I'll sit in a room with a kid or whatever, but I'm not doing the whole traveling around the world thing. I I, I I openly wonder that because it is really, really, really crazy to think about. He is leaving a power brand, a Big Ten now school, right. to go to another Big Ten school and giving up $10 million to do it. At least $10 million to do it. He had $6 million in salary this year, $4 million buyout, even if they fired him after the year, to take a $2 million per year and become the assistant, not like the head guy. Everyone has an ego. Everyone loves to be the leader and call the shots. He's he's giving that up. That means May, that's, that's maybe maybe he is one of these guys. I mean, he's made a lot of money in his career at Oregon and coaching in the NFL and coaching at. UC. Maybe he is one of these guys who just wants to spend his last few years calling plays. Last few I mean, years, how <laughs> old's Chip Kelly? He's I mean, not he's that not old. That He's not that young either. Um, he is, old is sixty years old. Okay, all right. So I, no, I, I do have, have a theory. to say it, it smells funny. It smells real funny. You don't. Yeah, and I did. You, and my theory is okay. He was trying to get some NFL coordinator jobs, I guess. Um, and I I, I don't know if he didn't get the jobs he wanted or whatever. My theory is that UCLA said, "Listen, you've got one more year to get out of here." <laughs> Yeah, but why don't you just do it and take your $10 million? Like, I I know he has money, but... Yeah. I, right? I, <laughs> you like money, right, Mike? You've made that pretty clear over the years. I do, but if I had so much money and, you know... To just he's walk per- away from $10 million voluntarily? And just because they're saying we don't like it doesn't mean you can't go out and prove them wrong. Yeah, and it's weird. I mean... <laughs> Maybe maybe he looks at this as an investment. Maybe he says, "Okay, I'll take the hit now for this year. I go to I go to Ohio State. The offense is unbelievable. We you know we beat Michigan this year without Jim Harbaugh. Maybe we win the national title, and maybe Chip Kelly thinks, okay, now I'm now I'm back to having a chance at a better head coaching job." Again, I don't know. I'm just trying to make some sense out of it. I I I think you're making some sense. Because UCLA, if he gets if he gets hammered this year in the Big Ten, he's going to get fired, and then his right, the, the, right. Then I, he's no, sort I, of I think you're a laying bit. out a like a, a logical idea here, like whether it's to the NFL or another college job. I don't know what his desires are. And Ohio State does have a really good team coming back this year, but yeah, it still feels like such a stretch. And like it's one thing to have a, a head coach in college football go to take a coordinator job in the NFL, like we've seen. Right. If you want to get there, then yeah, maybe you will give up the power to be an assistant on the next level. But to see a guy just demote himself, right, and take a ten million dollar hit and doing it just doesn't add up. And it's not like he was head coach at you know Middle Tennessee State or you know San Diego State and, and took the Big Ten job at Ohio State, a major job as a coordinator. He was a head coach at UCLA. And even though he wasn't, I mean, he, what was he, like 500 at UCLA? He wasn't very successful. I, I think his tenure at UCLA has been, been a bit of a disappointment. I don't, I don't think that's an understatement. 
No, I, I, I'm sure they expected more. He had, what, an eight-win season, a nine-win season, an eight-win season this past year? That hasn't been a disaster, three straight bowl games. No, no. no. But, but I do think they expected to be on a level of, you know, sort of national title contending. Is they probably the were hoping he would do for them what he did for Oregon, to be fair, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Right, which right. was Rose Bowl, national championship game, Rose Bowl, and Fiesta Bowl. So it wasn't quite that. I'll tell you the same story I told Mark Daniels. Okay. I do think college, not college, I think all coaches at the amateur level, whether it be college coaches or high school coaches, they are sort of fed up with what college football and high school football have become. And I had a, a very, one of the great high school coaches in state of Florida history is a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And a couple weeks ago, I was at a get-together, and he was there. And he he has like a year left to get like his his state of Florida pension, okay? Mm-hmm. And he goes, if I had my pension right now, I would be so out of this business. I am so fed up with it. I mean, we talk about the transfer portal in college football. He says high school the high school transfers is an even bigger issue because high school players now that they don't have to live in their school zone anymore. They're transferring left and right. And he's, he's just had it. He says NIL has become a huge issue in high school football. Now mm-hmm. that, you know, the players are getting paid to go to transfer to this high school or that high school. So I just think a lot of coaches and, you know, you can call the college coaches hypocritical, because they're making all of this money. But the high school coaches in Florida, they're not hypocritical. They're not making anything. They're just they just don't like where the sport is. Yeah. I, I, I think uh it was a good idea on paper for a long time to make sure the players were compensated for what they were bringing to the table and they got left in the dust, you know, twenty, thirty years ago when all of a sudden the networks were cashing in. The schools were cashing in. The coaches were cashing in. The executives within the business were cash. Everyone was making money except for the players, and they were just told to enjoy their scholarship and the value of that. And if they had rectified the situation much earlier, they wouldn't be stuck in a situation where it has truly become the wild, wild west. And it's not that they don't deserve to get paid. It's that they're now, like, you know, pirates. Like, And that's what the system's allowed them to be and i think it's not even the nil of recruiting players to your school as much as it's the idea of having to try to keep your own roster together from being poached like you don't want to have to just recruit your own roster and recruit other rosters and recruit high schools at the same time it's become too much for too many people can you imagine if you're a high school coach right and again, college coaches are at a whole different level. They're making eight, nine, ten million dollars a year, so whatever. But these high school coaches in Florida, they get like a stipend. They get they make nothing, right? Mm-hmm. They make nothing to coach high school in the state of Florida. They do it because they love the game. Can you imagine? Okay, you're you're a high school coach in Florida and you love coaching the game and you want to build a really good program and you get a get a kid as an eighth grader and you sort of develop and mold him into a really good player, and then when he's like a junior, he says, I- I'm leaving. I'm leaving to go over here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, can you imagine? 
I mean, no, to it, me that would be so frustrating. It so is. Frustrating. Um, it's a shame that, again, on paper, name, image, likeness, to have players compensated for what their worth is has turned into uh, the the greed is what I would call it, the greed of the basically the coaches, the administrations, the fans, the boosters of high schools and colleges that are now just willing to shell out money to people. Uh, to play the you know the the moving what is it the moving chips game like moving people all over the place just to to uh, to win really it's it's become a win at all cost business and a make as much as you're in it business for the players and maybe I maybe I'm just nostalgic or whatever you want to call it sentimental about the good old days some of my greatest memories as a as a human being was playing high school sports with the guys I sort of grew up with. Right. Yeah. And I mean, they're still, still my closest friends in the, or some of my closest friends in the world are my high school teammates. And I, I just think you lose that in yeah. today's transfer portal world. You you do. I, to, to, and who was it that was saying this? I think it was a college coach that was saying this uh, a month or two ago. In regards to, um, oh, it was Gino Ariema. I remember playing his cut on the air. And he was talking about just so much of the, the experience is lost. There's no building of relationships and friendships right. and, you know, mentor, mentee, growth. It's it's all about where can I get my next meal as opposed to actually, you know, learning and growing within a system and appreciating your own school and your education. It's just looking to somehow make an extra thousand ten thousand you know twenty thousand dollars at this stage in your life when really it should be more of a developmental stage for you and it really i think this alliance it's a big subject to get into this alliance the big ten and sec have created is is maybe the signal that we are going to try to move past some of the the frivolous lawsuits and money things and and finally move to a phase of division one football which is a different looking beast where they are no longer student athletes, they are just contractual employees to the school. That is about the only way out of this mess to resume some sense of normalcy in major college football. Mm, interesting, Mike Tuck. Have a great show today. Peace, love, boil peanut. Have a good one, Mike. Shaq getting his jersey in the rafters tonight. That makes him one of three ever to do this. I'll tell you next. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.